Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. In a track, they ring a bell. You're on your last lap. It, it happens. It's inevitable. It's just a matter of time. This is what happens to happen at the end of the game. Execution must tighten. Are you with me? Execution has to tighten. Uh, everyone's best effort has to be given in the last little bit of the game. The, the outcome of the game will be determined in the final moments. In close games, it comes down to those teams that can best execute, uh, best run the play together, best communicate. So in the last few moments of the game, there's no time for division. There's no time for distractions. There's no time uh, to, to uh, have have a breakdown in communication. There has to be unity. There's no time for rest. Uh, there's no time to take any playoff. It's the last two minutes of the game, y'all. It's the last two minutes of the game. You got to execute in the last two minutes of the game. So the one term that probably best uh, communicates what happens in the last few moments of a game is this one term urgency. There has to be a sense of urgency. So this morning, I just want to submit to you that what I've discovered is that for most of us, one of the missing components in most believers' life that I know, and also, unfortunately, even we can say this, in most churches, is a lack of sense of urgency. There doesn't seem to be any urgency. In other words, I would submit to you that we have become complacent. Apathy seems to uh, roll in in the last few moments of the game. We become way too comfortable and we don't understand that time is ticking away. We, we become content. And while we slumber, the hands of the clock keep ticking down and they move and they sweep and time is lost. And it's just a matter of time before the game concludes. Uh, so I want to say some things about time that you need to understand this morning. If we're all going to be on the same page and we're going to give our best effort at the end of the game and we're all going to get in this thing, we're all in it to win it, right? We've all been signing up. We'll give another chance at the end of this service to sign up. But we're all in the game. We're all striving for victory. We're all striving to see so many things happen in God's kingdom and in our own lives. But there's some things we got to know. The first thing I want to submit to you this morning is this, is that the game is won or lost in clock awareness. In clock awareness. I can assure you, and I'm going to prove to you even from uh, some recent game footage, that if uh, a player loses track of time, the, the amount of time that is left on the clock, the result can be disastrous. Watch this.
So he was oblivious, right? He, he was out of touch. He was unaware that there was still time left on the clock. He was not aware of the clock, and it cost them the game. So uh, I need you to do something this morning, if you will, with me. I want, I want you to take a look at the clock. Now, don't get your phone out or your... See some okay. You know how old you are by whether or not you have one, something on your wrist or whether you look at your clock on your phone. That determines how old you are. Uh, that that is a recent study that the younger crowd looks at the phone, the older crowd looks at their their wrist. All right, uh, but I want you to look at the the uh, proverbial clock. Jesus tried to get us to understand and become aware of how much time was actually left and what part of the game that we find ourselves in. Here's here's the clock that he gave us. He said that we would know the clock was running down when these things began to happen. He said, nation will rise against nation. He said that kingdoms will rise against kingdoms. He says, there will be famines. There will be earthquakes. And we used to think that was all about California. Welcome to Oklahoma. Uh, Because it also says, I like this little thing that Jesus said. He says, and there will be famines and earthquakes in various places. See, he knew. He knew uh, there would be rumors of wars. There, the, 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 the hate towards believers would increase. Felt that lately? He says the love and the passion of many believers would wax cold. I don't know what that sounds like to you, but that sounds like to me the two-minute warning. It sounds like to me that Jesus is trying to get us to understand that the clock is ticking down, that we're in the final moments of the game. Because this is what I've discovered. We see these things happening all around us, and if we're not careful, we're not clock aware. In fact, I would submit to you this morning that what generally takes place is as believers, we begin to see these things happen, and we see the clock counting down. What takes place is if if we're not careful, we just change the channel. We just, we just check out. We, just, we, we make statements like this. Well, those people are just stupid. I can't believe they'd feel that way. They're just dumb. Right? We don't, we don't understand. It's a clock issue. It's just a bad world we live in. That's what we say. What we fail to recognize is that this is a signal, y'all, that, that the, 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 the two-minute warning has sounded, that the bell has rung, that the PA announcer is starting to count it down. Two minutes left in the game. That's, that's literally what's taking place. This is a signal that Jesus gave us. And if we're not careful, then what we think is it's just getting worse. Have you, just, have you heard anybody say that lately? It's just getting worse. You know what? They're right. But they're wrong. Because not a, if we just stop and say, it's just getting worse, we've missed the point. Because what we ought to say is this, not that it's just getting worse, it's getting late. It's getting late. All of my life I've heard, from the time I was a little boy, watching uh, the thief in the night in the church gymnasium scaring the mess out of me. And say, say some of y'all too too young, to even, what, thief in the night, what is this old, this old poorly done movie that scared us all to death, telling us that Jesus was coming back, Jesus was coming back. I've heard since I was a little boy that he was coming soon. So may I suggest to you that if it was soon when I was young, it's sooner, boomer, I mean sooner now. All right, all right. It's 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 sooner now. It's sooner now. Jesus addressed the need for urgency. He says this in John chapter four, verse thirty-five. He's talking to a woman at the at the well, a Samaritan woman, and he's trying to share the kingdom with her. And she keeps putting him off and putting him off and putting him off and, and making excuses as to why she can't really be talking to him and all this stuff. And, and we're going to revisit that story in the coming month. But but I want to show you what Jesus says about time. He says, "Don't you have a saying?" It's still four months until the harvest. I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are ripe 
for harvest. In other words, what Jesus is doing is he's confronting this idea of putting things off. Like, we've got a long time, four months, and then we'll reap the harvest. And Jesus is saying, no, you don't even get it. The clock is ticking now down. It's, it's harvest season right now. You've got to get in the game. This is the two-minute warning. The game is counting down. The, the horn is about to blow. It's almost over. He's trying to get her to have a sense of urgency. I, I need to, to, to encourage you and challenge you this morning that we have to be clock aware. Uh, when, when we pray for our movers every Sunday morning, for some of you it has become nothing more than a routine. But when we lift that card and pray, we need to understand where that, that, that time is running out. We become clock aware. When we talk about outreach, we need to understand that, that we, we become urgent about it because the time is ticking down when when we serve it's essential to serve with excellence but it's also essential to serve with some understanding of where the clock is you've got to understand that when you serve you're, you're fighting the clock and so we serve differently now we're aware that time is running out so now when i greet you i greet you with an understanding that this might be the last days I, and it may be our last chance and i and i ush with a sense of urgency because i i recognize that the time is every little bit of the service every little bit of your service matters because we're serving with urgency. Every song that you sing may be the last song. Every slide that you change may be the last slide. Every time you minister to somebody with a smile may be the last time. The clock is ticking down. We must operate. We must serve with awareness. It's our simple part that causes us to either win or lose the game. We must be clock aware. But not only must we be clock aware, I want to also tell you this morning that the game will be won or lost in clock management. See, there's a difference between being clock aware and managing the clock. Do I have any diehard football fans that understands the concept of clock management? It's, it's a little bit harder in some sports, but in football, you've got to know how to manage the clock. It's, it, so, so if you are unaware, it happens in basketball too. I'm going to, tell, I'm going to mention two, two uh, instances where people didn't manage the clock very well. Some for the old folks, some for the young folks. All right, we'll see where you fall right here. Because if you're not aware of the clock and, the, and you're not managing the clock, then that can come back to haunt you. Just, just ask Chris Weber. See, that's for the old folks. All right, so now just ask J.R. Smith. Just recently. What happens if you don't manage the clock well. The result is very simple. The, the result is always sure. If you don't manage the clock well, here's what happens. You lose. You have to manage the clock. That's why in John chapter 9, verse 4, Jesus says this. He says, as long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no one can work. Did you get that? He's talking about clock management. He says, listen, while it's day, while there's time, while there's still time left on the clock, we have to serve. We have to do the business of the Father because there is a moment coming when night will come and nobody will be able to work. He's talking to us about managing the clock. Using the clock efficiently and effectively, making the most of every opportunity. That's why Paul comes along in Ephesians chapter 5. I'm going to read it to you out of two different versions. And he begins to talk about the end of time and the use of time. He says in Ephesians chapter 5 verse 16 through 20, he says, Making the most of every opportunity. What's he talking about? Clock management? That's what he's talking about. Making the most of every opportunity because the days are evil. 
Therefore, and then he tells us how to manage a cock. He says, therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the Lord's will is. Do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit, speaking to one another with psalms, hymns, and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to the Lord, always giving thanks to God the Father for everything in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's talking about clock management. He said, you got to be aware of the clock, but you also have to, make, you have to manage the clock and understand that you've got to take advantage of every opportunity and you don't want to waste your time on stuff that doesn't matter. Out of the message it says this, don't waste your time on useless work. Mere busy work. The barren pursuits of darkness. Expose these things for the sham that they are. It's a scandal when people waste their lives on things they must do in the darkness when no, where no one will see. Rip the cover off of those frauds and see how attractive they look in the light of Christ. Wake up from your sleep. Climb out of your coffins. Christ will show you the light. So watch your step. Use your head. Make the most of every chance you get. These are desperate times. Come on now. He's talking about, he's talking about clock management. He is saying to us that if we are not careful, as the clock begins to count down, we will begin to become so busy with life and the pursuit of things that don't actually matter that we will end up wasting the amount of time on the game clock that we have left, and we will miss God-given opportunities. He says, you've got to use your time. He's literally trying to get us to stop and consider, what are we doing? To, what are we doing for the kingdom? What are we doing with our life? What are we involving ourselves in that really matters? What is it that we're accomplishing in life that we can stop and say, that's kingdom work? He's literally trying to get us to consider how we use the clock. I want to say to you some, some, this morning that my concern for us is that too many of us don't manage the clock of our life very well. I've noticed this happens that, uh, at least it did for me, when I was younger, there was an urgency about me. I, I need to save the whole world. Okay, don't look at me like that because some of y'all felt that way too. But then something interesting happens. Uh, it's called utility bills and mortgages and groceries and car payments and student loans. Word. All right. uh, and all of a sudden, life comes crashing in on us. And almost unaware, we lose our sense of urgency. There was a, um, a, a, a real famous um, concert violinist and she was just unbelievably gifted and talented. And she was invited to go all over the world playing the violin. And one day, uh, someone came up to her and asked her, what is the secret to mastering your instrument? How did you master the violin? This is what she said. I think this is profound. She says, there are many things that used to demand my time. She said, when I went to my room after breakfast, I made my bed. I straightened the room. I dusted and I did whatever seemed necessary. Then when I finished my work, I turned to my violin practice. She said, that system prevented me from accomplishing what I should on the violin. So I reversed things. Listen to this statement. I deliberately planned to neglect everything else until my practice period was complete. And that program of planned neglect is the secret to my success. 
She was destined to be, in her own mind, a great violinist, and she had planned neglect to accomplish it. Okay, some of you are looking at me funny, so you're not going to hear a pastor do this very often, so stay, stay with me. I am calling you to plan some neglect. Now, please listen to me. I recognize that according to Scripture, there are some things you can neglect that go against God's Word, and they become sin for us. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not asking you to neglect things that would then become sin. But what I am saying to you is that most of us need to plan some neglect in our lives because the stuff that is surrounding us and buzzing around our heads and buzzing in our mind and buzzing in our heart are keeping us from becoming what God would have us to become. I'm suggesting that we need to manage time. Uh, there may be some good things going on in your life that need to be neglected because they aren't God things in our lives. Um, I want to ask you some questions before I take us into a time of prayer this morning and, and challenge you to get involved. I want to ask you this question here. What would happen? What would happen in your life if you were a disciple first? What would happen in your life if you refused or you neglected your email and your Facebook until you first read His Word? I knew it would get quiet. It got quiet in my own heart when I began to ask myself these questions. What would happen if before you allowed yourself to sit down and binge watch 92 episodes of whatever it is you binge watch on Netflix, that before you ever started the first show, what would happen is if you neglected that first and said, before I spend my time doing this, I'm going to manage my time and I'm going to go find somebody to share Christ with first. What if you served before you sat? What if you neglected the, the idea of just coming and marking one hour of time together in a service like this and said, instead of doing that, what I'm going to do is I'm going to serve first to make sure that everybody else has the opportunity to encounter God. I'm going to make sure that it's the best experience they've ever had. I'm going to do that first. Then when I do that, I will sit. What if we had some planned neglect in our own life that would lead us to accomplish His will? Jesus issues some final words that we need to hear. One of the, not the last statement, but one of the last statements that Jesus makes found in Revelation chapter 22, verse 12. Listen to what he says. He says, look, I'm coming soon. My reward is with me and I will give to each person according to what they have done. Jesus literally states almost as a final statement from him that he is coming soon. What does that mean? It means the bell has rung. It means that the whistle has blown. Stop the game. There's two minutes left. Get it together. Execute. Communicate. Get on the same page. Get involved. Reach out. Talk to someone about Jesus. Neglect the things in life that don't really matter and manage your time appropriately so that you're putting all your effort into the business of God so that when He comes to find us, He can look and say, that guy right there, he's about my father's business. That lady right there, she could have been doing something else, but instead she's serving faithfully and she's serving diligently because she understood that the clock was counting down. we got to get back to a sense of urgency. 
I can tell you that even as you begin to get ready to leave this service today, what's going to take place is the enemy's going to come along and he's going to try to cause you to slip back into contentment and he's going to try to slip you back into apathy and complacency and you're just going to mark it down as one additional Sunday. It's just another Sunday. We got another one coming. But what if we don't? Oh, I'll have another opportunity to tell them about Jesus, but what if you don't? I'll have one more opportunity to love on somebody that was in need. What if you don't? What if they don't? The clock is ticking down. We're going to do a couple of things this morning. I want um, uh, Kim, if you'll come to the keyboard, uh, I want us to do a couple of things. I, I want us first of all before I uh, call you to serve, because there's still some of you that haven't signed up to be a part of the game. And I first want to do this. I, I want to acknowledge those of you that have. I am so proud of you. We've seen a good number of these cards come back to us each Sunday. And some of you that have been sitting a long time have suddenly said, you know what, I want to get in the game. Some of you that have just joined us have said, I want to get in the game. And hopefully, uh, if our leaders have done their jobs, they've called you within 48 hours and said, we're going to get you involved. We're going to show you how to work. It's all about getting in the game. We're going to give you an opportunity on the last Sunday of game day, if you haven't signed signed up to be a part of the team, you need to use your time wisely. You need to be clock aware and understand that we're serving on purpose. We serve because we want to see people give their heart and life to Jesus. That's why we do this. And it takes a team. We've talked about that. You can't do this alone. Jesus, in fact, looked at us and said, don't you ever go anywhere by yourself. Go two by two. With power and authority. That's how we serve. So I'm going to give you that opportunity in a moment. But this is what I want us to do first. I want us to pray for a renewed sense of urgency. Some of you have been saved a long time. All right, let's do this. If you've been saved more than five years, raise your hand. That's what I thought. All right. If you've been saved more than 10, raise your hand. All right. If you've been saved more than 20. (laughs) All right. It's getting fewer. All right. If you've been saved more than 30. All right, if you've been saved since Moses was here. No, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you've been saved all your little life, it seems like, all right. I got saved when I was five years old, I think. A long time ago. I wonder for those of us who have known Jesus for so long. Listen to me, don't miss this. What if we've forgotten what a dreadful situation it is to be lost? What if we've known Him so long that we no longer really think or care or consider that there are people out there, as long as we get to have our holy huddle on Sunday with all the other folks that have been saved all their little lives. What if we've forgotten that while we're doing this together, there are people driving by that would come and be a part of this and get to know Jesus if one of us would simply ask, As if their lives depended on it. The clock is ticking down. I want us to pray together. I want you to do this. Just I I, I, I struggle with how to make this happen. But I think this is probably the most uh, efficient way to do this. We're on a team together. Two by two. We're not in this alone. I want you to take your neighbor's hand right now. Well, that's kind of weird. Get over it. Get over yourselves. We can't get... All right. 
Grab somebody's hand. Nobody ought to be by themselves. Everybody ought to have a hand. You can wash it here in a minute. Because right? some of y'all are germaphobes. I know you're like, oh. All right. If you can't do that, do the, do the wonder to win power and put your knuckles together if you're scared of germs. All right. All right. Let's pray for urgency. Would you do that with me? Would you pray that together we would become extremely not panicked. This is not a panic. But we would become aware. And we would become diligent again in our use of time. Father, this morning, I pray in Jesus' name that you would allow urgency to rise within us. God, I I believe that probably some of us are holding the hands or touching someone that their life has been overtaken by a sense of complacency and apathy has taken root in their life. And they may have been urgent at one moment in their life, but life has become heavy and difficult. And so this morning, Father, I pray that you would help us, each of us, to shake off apathy. I, I know there are concerns of life. I know there are bills and decisions and plans and all that. But this morning, I pray that for each of us, you would allow urgency to rise up within us. God, help us to recognize that the clock is ticking down. The clock is ticking down. The clock is ticking down. Father, I pray that you would point out areas of planned neglect that need to take place in each of us. God, there are some things that we may be spending our time on and in that in light of kingdom business can only be set aside as wasted time, mismanaged time. I pray this morning that you would allow us to neglect the things that we need to neglect that would allow us to have the time and the opportunity and the willingness to serve and to witness and to share. God, deep within our spirits, I pray you to do what I do what I cannot do. I pray that deep within our spirits, a, a, a whistle would be blown, a bell would ring, a buzzer would sound. And it would be like a, an alarm clock that would wake us up to recognize that the day is coming where we won't be able to work and we won't be able to share and we won't be able to witness. And we won't be able to serve. And so, Father, this morning, I pray in the name of Jesus that every person that we're touching today would operate in a sense of extreme urgency, knowing that the clock is about to come to the final tick. May we see hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives changed People saved, your kingdom expanded, hell plundered, heaven populated. God, I pray that that would become the consuming cry of our hearts. I pray you'd do this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. Would you do this with me? I want you to get your little red card. I want you to flip it over and look at the back. And if you haven't uh, signed up to serve, this is your opportunity. We need you on the team. I need you to turn to your neighbor and say, have you filled out one of these cards? And if they say no, say, what you stinking waiting on? Sign in. Sign up. We need you to help us. We need you to help us. And when the offering bucket goes by here in just about three or four minutes, then you can drop that in the offering bucket. And one of our leaders will contact you within 48 hours and get you someone to, to serve with and to serve alongside and get you plugged in. So sign up if you have not. Write it neat so we can read it. The last but not least... All eyes up here for one second. In just about one month. Oh, by the way, happy 11th birthday. We turned 11 today, by the way. 
I don't know why that just hit me, but about one month from today, we will be, through a sense of urgency, sharing a, a dramatic presentation called Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames. Today, on uh, the ushers are coming right now, I hope. Uh, y'all, y'all start moving. This is going to take a minute, so we're going to take just a second. We're giving you each three of these tickets. These are not for you. All right, don't, please, sense of urgency. I know what's going to happen. I was going to let uh, Seth talk about this in the close, and I told him, no, I'm going to talk about this because I know what we do. I know what I do. You'll get these, throw them in the car, and they'll get covered up by McDonald's bags and Burger King bags, and you'll never even think about it. With a sense of urgency, three uh, tickets. We're going to give you more in the coming weeks, but three to start today. These are for you to go find somebody and say, hey, would you come and watch this at my church? Come watch me act. Come watch, come watch me serve. Come serve with me. I don't care how you do it. Uh, pick them up, bring them, and get them to join us on September the 30th, uh, which is a Sunday, by the way, at 10 a.m., and then that night at 6 p.m., and then that Monday night, October 1st, at uh, 7 p.m., we're going to present this drama three different times. Listen, listen to me, 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 listen to me. Just because we have a banner out in front of the church that advertise this, just because we stick it on Facebook does not mean anybody will show up. It's still the effect, the most effective way to get people to come to your church is by you personally inviting them to join you. That's why we're doing this. That's why we're doing this. It's about an hour long, each, each presentation. It's going to take uh, 35 to 50 of us to pull it off just in the acting roles. You can sign up in the groom room. Seth will tell you more about that in just a second. But, but it's our opportunity, a concerted effort with a sense of urgency to recognize that the clock is ticking down so that we have the ability to tell our community these two facts. There is a heaven, but there's also a hell. And we want you to choose heaven. And we can show you how to do it. So will you take these? Come on, will you, will you make a commitment to me? You're getting three today. We're going to give you some more later. I've got a thousand of them. We've got three different presentations. Three different presentations. We'll put chairs out if we have to. But we want people to come and hear the gospel presented in a new, fresh way that maybe they've never heard before. Will you be urgent about it? Will you? Lives are on the line. The game is on the line. Souls are at stake. It's been a privilege to have you join us for this time of ministry. To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.